It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Ladies and gentlemen, we're taking the podcast on the road this season. We want you to come with us. We're heading to Tampa. We're heading to Nashville. We're heading to New Orleans and maybe a couple other surprises. Thanks to fansofphilly.com. That's P-H-A-N-S, fansofphilly.com. They put all the packages together for us. We're going to hit the road. Set it and forget it. Four-star hotels, direct flights, tickets to the game, tailgates, pregame festivities, and can be a part of our show's as we're there the whole weekend, wherever we are going. Fansofphilly.com. Make sure you use the code BGN so we all stick together and come have fun with us as we cheer on our Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and take over every stadium that we are in this season. Fansofphilly.com. Promo code BGN. Welcome on into a special edition of the Counterpoint Podcast. Really, it's just a special edition because I'm going to do two podcasts in the next like three days. And this podcast is one that me and me and BLG, our great friend here at Bleeding Green Nation and the Counterpoint Podcast, we've been saving up this podcast almost since the Eagles won the Super Bowl because me and BLG have been two of the most, I don't want to say anti-Foles, but Foles... Doubters? Is that is that fair, Brandon? Foles realist, Jack. I think that is the biggest thing. Just jumping right into the trust tree here, as you do on the Counterpoint podcast. I think the thing is, Jack, that when I say I don't hate Nick Foles, I'm being honest. Like I don't hate him. He's a great dude. Like by all accounts, great, great guy, uh, great teammate. You're seeing, you know, the book tour and everything, and he he's making all the fans happy and. And that's great and everything. But I just feel like we've never, ever been able to have like a realistic conversation about his ability and what he is worth on the field, ever. Like I feel like it's almost never just been realistic. Yeah, and now a lot of, a lot of people that have problems with this, I mean, listen, I think there has to be a conversation to be had separating Nick Foles, the guy that wants the Super Bowl, and will never have to buy a drink in this town again, and an absolute living legend. And, like, I want to be fully in on that guy. I want to love that guy. 
But the thing holding me back from that is the the people with just the outlandish like you can't trade this guy ever. He is he can never leave here ever. He's not he's worth two first round picks and yeah. and like and he's like better than Wentz. He's better than Deshaun Watson. And like I just <laughs> like there has to be like we can we can love Nick Foles. I will forever be indebted to Nick Foles. And I and I think we needed to do this podcast because I think people view us as guys who like irrationally hate Nick Foles. And that's yeah. just that's just not the t- that that's not the case. Like me and Brandon, we react strongly to the takes that are presented to us. Exactly. And, and me and yeah. you get a lot of takes. Yeah. Tweeted at us in our mentions, uh, talking to people here at the station, and it's just frustrating to have to 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 distance yourselves from the love of Nick Foles because people just can't see the realistic side of who Nick Foles is, the quarterback. I think you just hit the nail on the head there, Jack. That is exactly it. I don't just get mad about Nick Foles when I like like right now when I'm writing some articles about him having the book tour or whatever. Like that doesn't anger me. Seeing a picture of him holding the MVP trophy, that doesn't anger me. It's when people just come out of the woodwork, like commenters either on BGN or Twitter or on Sports Radio 94 WIP, we're doing the Saturday show, and they just call in. And now, look, there's always going to be people with outlandish takes, but, I mean, this is not just a vocal minority here. This is this happens a lot. And it really, back in 2014, which, you know, this thing does – the, this this delusion or kind of this surrounding the disease of falls. Yeah, it's it's been for a while. It's lasted for a while now, and it's just it's hearing those outlandish things like, and especially back when he was starting in 2014. I think that was that's what's really it got to its worst when it was just so apparent that he was terrible. That like he was not good in 2014, and people will make excuses that it was the offensive line. People will talk about um, how the Eagles were still winning games, like they were just winning because Nick Foles was in there, even though like the defense and the special teams were were scoring at an historical rate, and the offense was not good because Nick Foles was not even good. Like people have never been realistic about this guy, even dating back to 2012 when Nick Foles was a rookie. And I remember seeing some articles pop up in training camp that year, like, oh, you got to watch out for this Foles guy. He might be better than Vic. And it's like, what are we doing? Like, this is not, like, this isn't the case. And I feel like that's kind of where it starts there, Jack. You almost have to go all the way back to 2012 where people were fed up with Michael Vic. And look, you know, not everyone like Michael Vic, I get it. But uh, to just assume this third-round rookie was going to come in and, like, just be this great thing, and it just seemed like people were really just so willing to give him the benefit of the doubt from the jump. And even going into that 2013 season, like people were like, oh, showed enough in his rookie year that he should be the unquestioned starter. And just from there, and from there on outward, it just, it always seemed like no one was ever being realistic about his ability. Well, he won us the Super Bowl. Like that's that's where that's where it always comes back to. And like you yeah. can't even you can't even. Yeah, have... This is a crazy conversation that we're having. To be clear, like he won the Super Bowl, and that's why like we can't be we can't even say what we're saying right now because it's it's just like it gets wiped away by that. Yeah, I know, but like you can't even have a you can't even have a realistic conversation about Nick Foles anymore. Like like the fact that they didn't trade him for the thirty fifth pick, or if it ended up being a first round pick. You know, whatever. But like the the reason why people didn't want to trade him was because he won the Super Bowl. And like 
you, like if you're a fa- if you're if you're I understand if you're, like, you're a fan, but like the way that I view sports is almost from a front office mindset and mm-hmm. and, and the mindset of Howie Roseman. And the fact that you're going to turn down that pick for a guy who's going to leave after next year, next year, and he's already said that in all his book tour he's on, uh, he's already said that he's pretty much gone after next year. It almost feels like he's like the only thing that can keep him around is a big Wentz injury again, uh, and that's why maybe he turned down the pick because he, you know, is is wondering if if Wentz can even make it through the entire season. Like this guy on paper, if everything works out this season, is gone after next year. And the fact that, that that they didn't go and and capitalize on his absolute peak value, like imagine saying before the Falcons game that you can get the thirty fifth pick in the draft for Nick Falls, like you would you would you would drive him to the airport, would you not? Well, here's the thing about that because like when you say that, everyone else would be like, or you the the thing I just like it drives me insane hearing this, and I've heard it so much. Well, if Carson Wentz goes down or if Carson Wentz isn't ready, Nick Foles has already proven that he can win you a Super Bowl. Like, what does that even mean? Like, so you're telling me that if Carson Wentz misses all 16 games, like we just know Nick Foles can like go, get back to the Super Bowl? No, we don't know that. Like, how do we know that? Like, like I think that just gives him way too much credit in terms of where this team was set up last year. Like. You have to, you really have to go back and not underrate what Carson Wentz did for this team. He put them in prime position to be able to secure that first round bye and home field advantage. I mean, if they have to go to Minnesota in the NFC Championship game, do they win that game? Maybe. I don't know. But like, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's anything close to 38 to 7, like it was in Philadelphia. Like, like that meant so much. And really, you know, Nick Foles didn't carry that team by himself into there. And, he, and again, at the end of the season, he was playing terrible. So, like, uh, the, the, and, and just overall, the Nick Foles we've seen throughout his entire career, has he had high highs? Yes. Well, yeah, was I he, too harsh he, on him he put heading the, into the playoffs? He, like he, put, yes. he put together two of the greatest quarterback games I've ever seen and also yeah. put up 27-2, and two, but then would also look like one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever seen. It's, exactly. It's, you, there's no consistency. Like the, so, so how's that going to last over a 16-game season? That's not going to be a guy who's going to be awesome week in, week out. If there's going to be highs and lows. You're probably going to be like an 8-18. Eight and 18. No, I don't, and, and I think like the, I agree with you. Like The fact that people say that you know, if, he, if he took the team, like if you, if you started with Foles at the start of last season and played the whole season out, like it's not even they're, – they're, they're, they're like a 10-win team. At most, like they're not, they're not. They're, it's like Carson Wentz completely changed the entire team, and also this Foles conversation is is really it's discrediting Doug more and more. Like, yes, like Doug, you. Doug got the most possible out of Nick Foles. Like mm-hmm. that was not Foles by himself, like willing his team to victories. Like it was the schemes Doug was putting in. I mean, they, they Foles mentioned it a couple times after the Dallas game. They spent the next two weeks just looking at what has made. Nick successful in the past, and most head coaches would just say, hey, we're going to run my system and we'll be fine. Doug was willing to adapt to what Nick Foles has done well in his entire career and got the absolute peak best out of him. Like, without Doug Peterson, this whole thing doesn't even, this whole thing doesn't even happen. For as much as Nick Foles was, was great, it was Doug that was putting him in that position to be great. Yeah, I 100% agree, Jack. This isn't like, you know, Aaron Rodgers and and Mike McCarthy here, you know, because right. in that situation, it'd probably be the quarterback carrying the coach. It's not even close. I mean, the way I look at it, who was a stud in all three playoff games? Because it wasn't Nick Foles. Because Nick Foles in that Falcons game 
was not very good. People will say he had a better second half. I mean, yeah, he had a better second half than a very bad first half where, I mean, look, if Keanu Neal doesn't have that <laughs> the ball bounce off his knee and into Torrey Smith's hands there, I mean, the, the Falcons could be very well going for a field goal at the end of the game there instead of having to go for a touchdown. And maybe they win that game and the Eagles don't go in a Super Bowl run. And they folks didn't even play all that well. So, I mean, like, <laughs> we were so close to that reality. Yet, in that game still, Doug was still great. You, you had that uh, handoff to Nelson Aguilar. Like, you could see Doug still scheming things up. Like, the scheme was not the problem in that game at all. It was the execution. And I don't think Doug gets enough credit. And I think that's probably kind of just a function of how things work. Like, because the, the coach can't be Super Bowl MVP. And in my, I think he could. I, I think if MVP stood for most valuable person, I think it would be Doug last year. I think, and that's not me throwing shade at folks. I just legitimately think that Doug was so responsible for everything that went on, uh, especially with Carson going down, because you saw it. You just talked about it there. They changed the scheme. They made it work for Nick. Nick is not a player where you just throw him in any scheme and he succeeds. We know that. And people even admit, even his biggest fans admit that because they talk about how Jeff Fisher ruined him and whatever. But I think Doug doesn't get enough credit, and I think you're right about that. Yeah, and, and Doug, I thought Doug was just. I think he continues to be underrated. Like ha, I'm going to get into this in the in the next counterpoint, but like the fact that Andy Reid is ahead of him in like the 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 <laughs> ranking of the coaches. Like, are you freaking yeah. kidding me? Like, how does this keep like? I feel like he's been underrated by everyone because I think people think he's like dumb or something or he doesn't come across as the smartest guy in the room. But like this guy was the main reason they won the Super Bowl. Like he's not yeah. he's not even getting praise as much as Foles is. I mean, he yeah. has a book coming out as well, but he's not getting on all these like, you know, Fox shows and first mm-hmm. take and all this stuff. It's all it's all Nick Foles and I guess that's being the quarterback. Uh I just I just I wish there could be a point like people probably are ten minutes into this episode and they're probably already drafting up a bunch of tweets just to send it us <laughs> all angrily and they might have already turned the podcast off and like oh I'm pretty sure they have I'm sure they have but this is a podcast that we had to get out because me me and you have just gotten so frustrated with this whole like they can't trade him ever like well what what's what happens next year if Wentz plays the whole season and then Foles mm-hmm. leaves, leaves in the off season and then what yeah. like, Wentz can never get hurt again. Like what? Like he's only next year is the only year he's ever an injury risk. So unless you sign him to a long term contract, you sign Foles to a long term contract. Like what is the what is the plan there? And then Foles, in and of itself, he wants to be a starter again. Like that's mm-hmm. what that's what I don't understand. Like how do you not move him this off season? And I, I, I this is coming from a place where I will for like again, me and you will forever be indebted to Nick Foles, and that is sure. that is great. And yep. and whatever. And the only time that me and you ever get frustrated with Nick Foles is when the takes come in that like he should start over Wentz, he should never leave. And like I just don't understand a guy like Howie Roseman. I don't understand how he doesn't flip him this offseason for peak value. Yeah, there's still time, so I'm not I'm not gonna rule it out. But uh I mean, look, you wanna talk about injuries. I mean Nick Foles has never made it through a season. I know. Without, it's only because he like, doesn't move in the pocket that people think he's not injury prone. Right, like he he is also a guy who gets hurt. So let's not just assume that you know he's Mister Durability over here. But yeah, I mean the trade value thing. I mean, I think about that a lot too. It just it seems, especially now, you know, we didn't know as much information back earlier this off season 
But I mean, Carson has been looking awesome. Like, there's no way to me he's not playing in week one. Like he just he looks great. And then even Sudfeld, who a lot of people will be like, "Oh, BLG, you're just saying this because you don't like Nick Foles and you just want Nate Sudfeld to do well." No, like look, don't even take my word for it. Look at what other beat reporters had to say about Nate Sudfeld this spring. He looked like he could be at least a number two. I think Jimmy Kemsky even said that he looks like he could be a number two right now. So like, it just seems, it just seems that it's not something we need to hold on to. I know I'm again, I'm not trying to get rid of him for like, I'm not saying trade him for anything, but it feels like yeah, at some point the value is going to have to line up and you have to, I just look, you can either wait and get nothing for him or like a 20, the best they can get for him if they don't trade him is a 2020 late third round pick. That's the best case scenario. Now, if you trade him, I'm sure there's a, a much better offer out there that they can get. And, again, there's still some time. Um, everyone's talking about now about how Jameis got suspended and the Bucks had interest in Nick Foles last year. I mean, I don't really see that happening just because Jameis is suspended for three games. But who knows? Well, unless they, unless they, thing. Is there any chance they just move on from Jameis Winston? Or do, they, do you think they They view- should. <laughs> yeah, like he's a pretty he's a he's a black guy to that organization. Like it's yeah. He he's supposed to be that leader and that's what is like fifth incident with this kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's just I mean, like how can you count on him? Yeah, you so don't trust him at all. Nick Foles, I 100%, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, well, I guess you're waiting for the the Bradford and or not the Bradford. Well, it could be the Bradford injury, but you're waiting yeah, you're waiting for be. a Teddy Bridgewater like injury where you can get a first round pick for him and and move right. him from there. I it's just that it's hard to bank on that kind of thing happening. But I guess if you're, I guess if you're Howie, right, and mm-hmm. you're not, if you're, you're at the draft and you're not sure how Carson is pro- progressing, uh, worst comes to worst, Foles comes back, you extend him or give him a two million dollar raise that keeps him happy for a little bit, and then I guess, I guess it's not the worst idea to just if someone goes down in, in training camp, you can flip him for a higher, a higher value. Is that do you think? Do you think that's his, uh, his thought process? I think that's the play. I mean, I think that's what how we did with Sam, you know, in 2016. Yeah. I think he probably had offers once they got Carson or whatever, and they probably weren't all that great. And then he held on to it, and he held on to it, and he was like, he was just waiting because that's what how he does. He waits for that perfect moment. Because look, how he knows value, like he he knows how to get value. Like that's not something he struggles with at all. And I think that's kind of what he's doing right now. He's kind of just waiting to pounce. He's waiting for the Howie strokes, if you will. Huh. As you as you phrase it, oh, um, it would be the most Howie Strokeish podcast oh. ever. The day after they trade falls, <laughs> it would be like winning the Super Bowl again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I don't want to go that far, but I really want to go that far. <laughs> um, just because, like, I feel like if I went to that point, then I would get a lot of angry tweets. But yeah, no, I'm I mostly I'm, I mostly agree with you. So um, another reason why we want to do this podcast today was because um, there has been there have been members of the trust tree. Who are who are afraid to go all in on the Counterpoint podcast and probably all in on BLG stock because he doesn't really have a podcast. He just has you know BGN Radio and a bunch of other things. <laughs> um, but you know people are afraid to go fully on the trust tree because I made a claim after uh, it was episode eighteen after Wentz injury. So it was, so let me just set the scene here. It was the night of the the Rams game. And I wanted to do the podcast right after the game because I knew that would be the most raw emotion I could get. Like two days later, I probably would have talked myself into falls. But at that exact moment, I wanted to do the podcast. So I did this whole thing about how the season's over and all of this stuff. 
And honestly, I don't think that was completely unfair. I think I think at that point, Carson was playing like an MVP. I had no idea what Foles was. I wasn't a big Foles guy when he left. And for the most part of his career, he has been a disappointment besides 27-2. and two. Like th- That's where my mind was. And he didn't play in the preseason. I was worried about the elbow, all that kind of stuff. So I got this email from uh, Eric Linus. Eric, we were going to me and me and BLG are going to discuss this because I'm sure there's a lot of people like Eric who are like, listen, I think the Counterpoint podcast is funny. I think it's it's mostly it's mostly uh, nonsense. But he also talks about being a diseased fan, and you know you can't just you can't be a diseased fan and not have faith in fools. So uh, Eric writes in, "Hey Jack, loving the Counterpoint after admittedly being one of those fools who didn't get it at first. But what's keeping me from truly embracing the trust tree in my soul is your is your take when Wentz went down that the dream was dead and the run was over. I know we were all hurting, but I feel like the disease should have triggered blind faith in fools. And if he failed, we could have dismissed the season in hindsight and started making excuses for next year. Do you have anything to say so that we can pa- we can get past this take? Do I have anything to say, Brandon? Do you have anything to say? Yeah. Um, first of all, how dare it? No. Um, <laughs> the where the see here's where I struggle with this because I I remember being you know in a it was a very tough time. First of all, I don't blame you for the podcast you did. I think we needed that podcast because even the most optimistic of people. Like there had to be at least a little bit of you that was like, man, this sucks. And, well, and maybe it, you thought they could still win, but there, you know, I mean, you couldn't not be disappointed and in listen, some kind of fashion. And listen, hindsight's twenty twenty. Like at that point, they were still the Eagles, not Super yeah. Bowl champions. Like they, they, we were still like the 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 we're never going to win, we're never going to win franchise. Yeah. Like it's easy to look back and say, wow, that was a terrible take. But this right. was this was still the Eagles. Yeah, and the other part of that is that like. I did not believe in the team still. Like, I know this team still had things going for it. I just didn't specifically believe, you know, that Nick Foles was good enough because, look, the Eagles could have had Carson Wentz and they still could have lost the Super Bowl. Like, in theory, I mean, like, it's just, it's hard to win the Super Bowl. It's not an easy thing to do. So to even have your best chance to do it and not having it be a guarantee and then to bring in the backup quarterback, I mean, your odds are, in theory, at least decreasing. So, you know, it was a dark time, and, and I don't fully blame you for what you did there. And I <laughs> think, for me at least, what part of the thing with Nick Foles is that when he is playing poorly, and those games do happen, believe it or not, it's so hard to watch. Like aesthetically, just like it's he can't hit an open receiver. He's just backing up into oblivion. Like it's terrible. It's such a drop off too from like what Carson Wentz is. Like Carson Wentz is just the most fun player to watch because he's running around. He's doing crazy things. He's making plays that like no one can make. Nick Foles, on the other hand, is making the most simple play look impossible, and it's so infuriating to watch. And then it's like, on top of that, you get people defending him when he does something like that. It's like, oh, well, that wasn't his fault. And it's like, what are you talking about? He's playing terrible, and it's just you can't even criticize him. So, so that's where the frustration stems from, I guess, on my half, my my part. Yeah, and. At that time, and, and you know, it's not like he put a bunch of faith in us as well as the season ended. Like he was legitimately bad in the Oakland game, and I know the Cowboys game they didn't really prepare anything, but still he looked incompetent. Still. And yeah. I I hope that that was just I in in my mind in my version of Doug Peterson he was just throwing wool over everyone's eyes and saying and saying yeah no he's really bad he's really bad just don't even game plan for him like Nick Foles can't play and then boom goes out but then against the Falcons in the first half he was equally as bad. So yeah, like, and and I want to jump in here, Jack, just real quick. Like the Eagles themselves, from what we have heard, like they were not feeling good about Nick Foles going into the playoffs. Like they they were not 
like rope doping anyone. And from what we've heard about how they felt about falls, like they were legitimately concerned. They were like, Nick, what is up with you, dude? Like, where are you right now? You're not being the Nick Foles like we know you can be. Like, we're this isn't this isn't it. Like, they were concerned. Make no mistake about that. Yeah, and and he, it's just so frustrating because when he's on, he's 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 almost he's really good. Nick Foles yeah. when he's on is a, is a really good quarterback. It's just for some reason he can't get there all the time. It doesn't make any sense. And he wasn't playing that way when he was heading into the heading into the Falcons game. But I'll tell you what, Brandon. I think I think you were the same way. Once they won that Falcons game, I know this sounds like the cheap way out. I thought they were going to at least make the Super Bowl. Like I was pretty confident after they beat the Falcons. I started believing in Falls more in that second half. I thought I think the, like second half Falls of the Falcons game was a guy that could have won the Super Bowl. And I think we all said that after the game. And even though me and you didn't believe in Falls and we had our our, our quips with him, um, especially after when when Wentz, when Wentz went down. I started believing after that Falcons game that he could legitimately do it. Yeah, I don't know if I started specifically believing in him personally as much as I I just this whole thing like I didn't not believe in the team. I guess cuz of Doug. Like I felt and I think that's probably something in hindsight I probably for the times that I was down and wasn't believing or did have doubt, I think I wasn't giving enough credit to Doug in that time. Yeah, me either. Because like in hindsight, I should have been like, "Wow, we're okay," because Doug knows what he's doing. Because that he, like, Doug clearly showed that time and time again that he is steps ahead of the, the other coach on the other sideline. Like, he is, he knows what he's doing. He's going to make the offense work. He's going to scheme things up. Uh, we should have complete confidence in Doug, and I, that's something I didn't. I guess it's not like I, I was doubting Doug. I just didn't account for that enough. I felt like, and I guess. By you know, in connection to that, I should have had more faith in Foles, and obviously, now here. But this is the part that gets me: like <laughs> the people who are just like, who seemingly don't act surprised by how he played against the Vikings. Yeah, so the Vikings team, especially that, is incredible to me. Like that doesn't even make sense for how bad he was playing. And even if you were like his number one fanboy. 27-2, like, you bought into all that. It still doesn't make sense he was that good against the Vikings. Like there were, to me, there was no reasonable expectation he would play that well against the top defense. The Super Bowl, I think that's a different story. Because the Patriots' defense legitimately was not good. You look at football outsiders, you look at any metrics, they really, that's not a good defense. And I'm not trying to take anything away from them. I'm just saying that's not a good defense. Then it, the Vikings legitimately had a great defense. And for him to carve them up, I feel like I still don't know how that happened. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, there was no way to predict any of the whole two games happening. Like I thought, I thought the Vikings game obviously played unbelievable, but that that really the Super Bowl I thought was a wrap. Like I think people were discounting. I think people were discounting Foles and Duck heading into the Super Bowl, like on a, on a national yeah. level. Like people were like, "This guy's a backup quarterback," all that. And I thought by that point he was definitely not. Like I think I think Nick Foles is a starter in the league. Like I think I think he's a, a, a twenty. He's in the twenty to thirty range of starters. Oh, in the league. how dare you! So he's not above Deshaun, or he is a. Or wait, he is or he isn't above Deshaun Watson. That's another thing. Like <laughs> he's like Deshaun Watson was was a transcendent. How many Super Bowl MVP awards has Deshaun Watson? Won? How many Pro Bowl MVPs has Deshaun Watson? Exactly. Won? So that's. And you say that Foles is a flash in the pan, and you can say the same thing about Deshaun Watson. (laughs) Well, Foles has lows. Deshaun Watson was always good. Now he had a freak ACL injury, and that's fine. He's like, I just, I like that kind of stuff to where, like, 
Th- yeah. That's another thing where we've seen, well, they should start Foles or, and keep Wentz on the bench and then go to quarterback system. And, and like, and like he's better than Deshaun, he's better than all these quarterback. It's like, well, that's not totally the case. And I, I just w- I want people to be able to separate the two. And I understand if you're a fan that it's hard to separate the two. You don't want to separate the two because Nick Foles, in your mind, is like the guy who won a Super Bowl. And he was the guy that won a Super Bowl. But I just think for us, it's just frustrating because like we can separate the real, not the real false, but the the false, <laughs> the false truth from like, okay, let's relax here just a little bit. Yeah, and the other thing, uh, even like not even getting into the, because I think the false should start over Wednesday. You know, is more really of a vocal minority than anything. I mean, it definitely exists. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, but yeah. it's very small. But the the more prominent thing I would say that you hear is that Nick Foles should start the season like almost no matter what. He should just start because you got to give Carson Wentz as much time as you can. And I, that take, I just, I hate that take too because look, guys, if Carson Wentz is ready to play and he's not going to get any healthier by sitting, you play him. Like, you don't, like, what are we saving him for? You don't, like, that's, that falls in line with the whole, um, like, Nick Foles has proven he can just win the Super Bowl. Like, that's, that's what, like, drives me in, like, just, I, honestly, I can't believe it. It's like, so are we just saying that, Nick Foles is going to play as well in every game moving like from here on out as he did in the championship game or in the Super Bowl. Like you can't just assume that. Like you're not you're not accounting for the bad games that have happened. And people will try to explain those away, but like they happen, man. He's he, I don't think he's a guy who just like I just don't think he's as good as people think he is still. Like, he's not this MVP candidate that I think people think he is. I mean, he, he won Super Bowl MVP, but I'm talking about regular season. Like Nick Foles can get hot in a stretch. I don't doubt that now. We've seen it. It's you kind of can't doubt that. But I just, I still really, I kind of, I really just want to see him start 16 games. Not for the Eagles, obviously, because you know uh, I want Carson Wentz to be healthy and everything. But I do want to see Nick Foles start 16 games, and I want to see what happens. Prove us wrong, Nick. That's all we're asking. Just prove us wrong. Go go find that environment that's just like the Philadelphia Eagles and 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 prove us wrong. Um Brandon, I think we I think we talked through a lot today. I think it was a, a good a good exercise for both of us. Both of us had to get some of this out. Uh do you have any any final thoughts on the on the Falls talk? Yeah, if you want to, you know, if you want to get mad at us and you want to, you know, give us feedback, that's totally fine. You can find us at Michael Kiss NFL on Twitter. You can just tweet all of us right there. Jack and I actually share a Twitter account. That's our Twitter account. So you can just any anything mean or angry, you can just totally tweet it there. And I'm going to let you go because Nigel Bradham just got suspended for a game, and I need oh you, boy, I need you to write about that for the for the site. Good stuff. <laughs> always something, isn't it? Yeah, it is always something. All right, Brandon. Uh, good talk. We talked through it, and I feel like. I'm going to say 80% of people disagree with us, but those 20%, we're talking to those people. The people, the, the real ones. The people that won't, will. the people that won't call him a top 10 Eagle of all time. The trust tree. Yeah. The, the real, the real runs the trust tree. Hopefully, hopefully people who were like teetering on the fence of going in on the trust tree. I, th- I hope we explained ourselves well today. I think we did. Me too. All right, Brandon, I'll talk to you. See ya.